So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast here with Sage Weaver from Point North. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired the creation of the band, and what does the band name mean? So the, I guess the, the creation of the band started from Andy and John. They grew up together in El Segundo, like South Bay, or most of the beach area, um, playing in bands. Literally, I think before at Point North, they were in like probably like, I, I jokingly will say like 10 to 20 bands. Um, Holy shit! They, they, like, and that's like, I, that's like metaphorical, but they, uh, they were in, um, yeah, they were in a bunch of bands for so, so long, and they grew up playing music together, and um, so that's, and then I think Point North is just one of those bands that, I guess, like stuck, you know, <laughs> and yeah. like they got the right pieces of the puzzle together, and um, I, the name Point North, it originally started from, I remember the previous members that were in the group. And the guys, this is before I was in the band. I didn't join the band until about the retrograde era. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was part of the writing and the recording of it. But they, I remember if, if I correctly, Point North was, they had like a list of like, like 15 different names and they all thought Point North was the best one. And then they thought about it and they realized that Point North for us is a vessel to bring positive light into the world, whether it's through our music or our charity donations or whatever we decide to do, um, it's, it's kind of a, a, it means like moving forward in the world and being the best person you can be and helping everyone around you. So it's just kind of pointing north and moving forward and being that positive arrow, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Cool. I, love I love that. that. Awesome, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that was better than some like, like, oh, it's just a random name we picked, but no, it had, it had to be <laughs> yeah. to it. So. All right. <laughs> Uh, so congrats on your newest release, Brand New Vision. How do you feel about the response to it so far? It's been insane. Um, we, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's been such a long time coming. We've been prepping for this this album, I think, since Retrograde had come out. Retrograde was already out, and we, we, we spent, since, like, I think April or May of 2019, just, like, doing demos and stuff like that. And um, the, re- the reception has been honestly like insane i knew we knew it was gonna do like like we knew it like people were gonna like it you know but i feel like with this release it's just kind of solidified that like oh wow like people already like love this i think we're already like at like eight million around eight million streams already for the album and, like, <laughs> just, yeah it's, it's insane and uh so it's it's it's, it's yeah it's, 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 it's like i said it just blows our minds and we did a live concert uh, that did really well, like a live stream concert that did insane. And it just like, it, it, the reception of it makes us realize like, all right, cool. Like we feel like we're doing something right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It yeah. feels like we're, we're doing something that is so, it's worth it. Like our efforts are showing, you know, minus kind of everything that's going on. So. Yeah. yeah. Wow, congrats on that. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> I was at that uh, live stream show. I tuned in after work. It was very good. Oh, sick. Thank you. That yeah. was fun. I, I, I we hadn't played a show in a, in a long time, so we were all sweaty and like. Yeah, John kept the, bitching. The, the, yeah. The sweat. <laughs> well, he he wore sweaters, so that was it. That's yeah. his fault, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we uh, I had the the like, pyro sparklers next to me, mm-hmm. and they would like they, they would like the 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 tech the technicians at the venue were like, they're not gonna hurt. It's not gonna be hot. It's not gonna burn you. And Andy and I were like, that shit was like. Like I would play and I would get like jolted in the neck by a spark, you know, and like Damn. Yeah, it was it was super hot. But no, I'm glad you enjoyed that, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this record and how it's changed since those first couple releases? 
Um, it, honestly, we kind of have like three different phases of the writing process. Um, if you want me to kind of start from like the beginning to like the end of the writing process, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. cool. So on, in the beginning, um, I think the song that kind of started the album mindset was our song personal i think that song has been out like in our in our demo little world for like so long um and then it was personal and epilogue and i was on tour with this guy named andy black last year i saw and, you on that tour too <laughs> oh let's think, what, what 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 spot do you remember what it was i was at asbury park uh oh in new jersey yeah in the at in at asbury lanes or whatever it was Yes. Oh, I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Anyway, so I was on, on that tour. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, John, and Andy had created these demos. They were just like, "Hey, like, we're gonna we had these demos of basic rough ideas. They weren't songs. It, they it wasn't songs because we aren't we weren't all in the room together. But it was ideas, and it was personal, Apollog, and Into the Dark were like the three songs that really kind of like here here's here's what it is. And and so not to not to ramble, but um, so it's the writing process is kind of, it can either be, um, John has an idea and he'll just one day like sit in his studio all day and be like at home and be like, okay, like I have this idea. Here's like a rough draft of it. And then John and Andy and I will all come in together and do our own personal touches on it. And, or, um, there's some songs like a million pieces is a prime example of, we set a day to all get together. We had no idea what we were going to do or write. We just knew we wanted to write. And with a million pieces, it kind of started out with, excuse me, um, we cracked open a session and this is very like, we're still writing cohesively, but we're in a studio together. So Andy, I remember Andy sat down on a keyboard and he wrote like the, he just like was toying around with ideas and we picked up, we will pick like a, a, a tempo that we want to write a song in and a key and a vibe. That's kind of how we start. And a million pieces was an example of how, um, Andy like sat down and figured out this piano part, which was the piano part to a million pieces. And then we did found out the chords and then we kind of just built on that. And then we, at the end of the day, we had the full song, um, which is super cool. And then, yeah. And then it all kind of depends. It's either like John one day, like get bored and be like, Hey, like I have this cool idea, you know, Mm -hmm. and here's, here's what it is. Like, let's do something with it. And um, there was a couple of times, on, it was mainly on retrograde, like songs like Wasted Art and stuff like that, where he like just did the whole song himself, and he was like, "I fucking like I wrote this, like what do you guys think?" And then I go in on it and I do my thing, like with the drums, and it kind of adds a new light. And then Andy will come in and do his own thing. So um, it's it's kind of all over the place, but at the core, it starts with kind of it honestly starts with John and Andy, and then I come in and do my thing. So yeah, that's, I know that's very big, but yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like okay, how yeah. you guys like pick the vibe and the tempo that you're gonna yep. write the song in we, and go from there. Well, like listen, it, yeah, I know too. If we're gonna have like a writing day, like we did a a super sick writing day yesterday with this EDM artist named Kazo. Um, he so we all like like the morning of like I'll crack open Spotify and like try to catch the vibe mm-hmm. of how the mood is we're going about, and then we'll pick a tempo and we'll just kind of let it flow out and then that's how you get songs like into the dark or that's how you get songs like never coming home or gasoline is a prime example of that you know and um so yeah it's it's it's, it's kind of a it's a unique little thing <laughs> yeah yeah all right 
So where was your headspace while creating the album Brand New Vision? Like mine personally or like all the guys? Um, yours personally, I think. Yeah. It was, it, this is going to get really, 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 uh, really depressing, but I was, um, <laughs> not in a bad way. Um, I, when we first started doing the album around the time I was on tour with Andy Black, because that was when it kind of, this is like when we, we were, we were just writing to write. We weren't even signed to Hopeless or anything. And, uh, I was in this like really, like really awful spot mentally, um, and I just couldn't really, my life kind of felt like I couldn't really get a grip on it. And I just needed a change, which is very interesting because the album's called Brand New Vision. And um, my headspace was kind of like, I just wanted to write something that I would want to hear to help me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super like crazy thinking about, because I, I never really thought about putting myself in that position to help others, you know? And, um, and uh, yeah, so start of the album cycle i would say because there's different eras of the album of writing so like the era of like into the dark personal apologue um I'm trying to think of what other ones too we had some demo songs that didn't make it on the record but like that era at the start um i was in honestly like a really low spot and like anyone who knew me personally like in my little my small little bubble knew that i like it was i couldn't really put my finger on it i was just kind of felt a certain way about my life and was just kind of not, not in a good spot. And I didn't really like how I felt towards myself. And um, as the album kept going on, though, up until this point now, I feel like my life, it sounds cheesy, but my, my, my life does really have like a brand new vision and it has a new perspective. And um, I can also speak for John and Andy, where during the writing of this album, we all went through <clears throat> excuse me, these crazy life events and John got sober like he he just marked his like first like a year sober which was like the writing of this album and Andy just had some crazy surgery stuff and it, it, it all kind of we all had our own little things we were dealing with but our coping mechanism was writing this album for people and because and, if it can help change us when us writing it I can't imagine what it can do for people listening to it so that was like we were writing this to make it better for the people the people not only the people involved but the people listening so Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to hear you guys it, are it, doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Life is, life is great, man. <laughs> like, I, I, it sounds crazy. We have so much cool stuff lined up, too. Like, can't talk about it, obviously, but, like, it's going to be insane, and we're doing a bunch of cool collaborations, and, uh, yeah, we just we just did a cool, look, sick interview for Roxanne that's out now, and um, it's it's cool. It's really cool to watch, like, when I joined the band, it's like, where is that now, and everything involved so yeah because you have that yeah. outside view from like where the band was before you joined and then you joined and it blew up yeah. so yeah um, it, it was, it's it, it's weird to even hear that though because like yeah when i joined the band like we were like it was such a diy band you know mm-hmm. and we were just recording our own music and printing our own merch with a silk screen like doing the mm-hmm. grind like we did that and i was 19 or 20 when i joined the band which was like, a couple years ago so yeah it was pretty pretty crazy i was just like i was a kid so yeah um so what band or artist influences do you think you can hear the most on this record um definitely like i think you kind of have to get in the mindset of who each of us like are as musicians and and influences and how it comes together john is a hundred percent like a billboard top top 20 like he only like he mainly listens to pop music uh, Zara Lawson, Post Malone, like 
like stuff like that that's like or the weekend where that's if you hear in his vocals he's very mm-hmm. like that's how he interprets stuff and that's how he listens to it and then i come from a more like ska and punk background and um that is about i'll also listen to like bring me the horizon and heavy bands like Mashuga and like that kind of gives it like i feel like john brings the the popness to it even when his vocal production and how he structure songs and then i'll come in with like these super intricate drum parts or like this like heavier mindset and then andy comes in and he is 100 percent like afi rides against like minor keys you know mm-hmm. like if you think about like the like a million pieces like him writing that piano part i, I picture like a rise against like guitar lead is that like that's so andy you know and then um yeah so it's the influences it all comes from it's three separate completely different hubs coming together to create what point north is you know yeah yeah. And it's, uh, like it's, I feel like if you took one, if you took one piece of the, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's sad to say, but it's also real. You know, I feel like if you took one, one third out of it, it wouldn't sound like the way it does, you know? Yeah. So it, it's cool. It's like the, like gasoline and goes to my home and never coming home. And uh, the new album, like into the dark is that's a byproduct of the three of us. Like, doing our own personal touch onto it to create what it is, which is so cool. And I'm glad people like it. (laughs) It's just the most genuine expression of like how our brains work musically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. All right. So what made you choose the name brand new vision? And is there any meaning behind the cover art? So, yes. So people don't realize like the brand new vision name that, um, that was kind of, it kind of ties into the story of like the character and all our, um, our, on our EPs. So his mm-hmm. name is Drax and Drax, basically the whole story behind Drax is, um, it kind of starts with like the ghost of my home, like cover where it's the, it's the color of like the retrograde era, but he's covered by a sheet because he's mm-hmm. like a robot. And then in retrograde, um, it's like it was, it, with the singles, it's uh, the gasoline flower, um, and then Retrograde came out, and it was, like, Drax is basically a robot in this world, but he is kind of the outcast of this robot world. And if you look on the cover of um, Retrograde, he's touching the flower, and his hand is turning human. Mm-hmm. And it's because Retrograde, his whole entire journey through it is um, finding, like, he's gaining emotion again, and he's becoming a human. And it's all about, like, his journey through that. So Brand New Vision ties into it. Um, the album art is him touching a human being and they're both he found another outcast to to to, like that feels emotion and they're touching hands and they're becoming both becoming humans again and like on this journey together and it's a brand new vision like of the world around them you know it all is this crazy like intertwined story which ties into like the next couple albums you know it's all a it's like it's like our version of like a Pink Floyd-esque. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, not, it's not just like cool album art. It's like it has a whole story to it, yeah. So the yeah. story is going to continue for the next couple albums. Yeah, it's all, it's all one thing, yeah. Okay. Wow. All so right. you already have those like planned out and done? or Yeah, they've been, they've been planned out since like before Retrograde. Holy wow. Shit. All right. Jesus. Okay. It's <laughs> um, crazy. But it, it, I remember we all sat. I'll, I'll never forget like it was like our old like the Retrograde lineup of Point North like we all sat down and we're like, here's like what we want to do. Here's our, like, we had, um, we had like this idea of like, here's what we want the art to look like. And here's what we want. Uh, that this is a story because 
to us, Point North is more than just the three of us. It just so happens to be like, we're, we just so happen to be the three that like make the ideas come to life and express them in our songs and our ideas. But Point North is this character. Point North is the music. Point North is the listeners. That's what it is. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy too. And sorry, I, I talk a lot. I just get very excited. You're all good. No, you're uh, fine. Um, uh, um, uh, so John's, I think it's, I, I may be wrong. I think it's John's second cousin. Um, her name's Emily, and she does all the art for us. Like, so it's like in the family, and like she she's done all the art for us. She did our poster for the live show, and she's like all this crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all it's really tight knit and intertwined and all planned out strategically. Yeah, yeah that is so awesome. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so what song on the you did touch on this a little but what song took the longest to write and then do you what's your favorite off the record probably no one's listening because um my favorite off the record is brain division i think that's like it's like opening track i remember the first time i heard that song i like cried because i was like this is the coolest fucking shit. Like, I, I'm so stoked about this. Like, this is something that, like, it was, like, the cherry on top for me that made me be, like, okay, this, I really, like, fucking, like, I already believed in it, but I was, like, damn, like, this gets me so excited, and I feel like I'm so ready for people to hear this now, you know? Mm-hmm. Or uh, A Million Pieces. That was probably the second one. But um, No One's Listening originally was uh, a song called Remedy. Um, and Remedy was, like, this very poppy, like, hip-hoppy song. Um, and we just, we wrote that at a time in the band where we were kind of like in a different phase, you know, and as we matured, not only as people and grew as people, but musically as well, we found out that the song doesn't tie to us well. And if it's not real to us, we're just not going to put it out. You know, we're just not going to do it for like, oh, it will think it do well. It's like, no, we just don't believe in it. Um, so we literally, I'll, I'll never forget, John took, we had gone back and forth on that song for so long. And then John took my drums because the song was already recorded. Um, he had taken my drums from that song, and like he's like, I'm gonna start, do a whole new song based around your drums. And he like skeletoned out. No one's listening. And then it was like we like chopped up the parts and stuff like that. So my drums, it's I don't I, I don't know if I should say this, but like my drums for no one's listening are like the drums for another song that was never used, but we restructured around to have no one's listening so that song probably took the longest if that song in the continuation for the uh the remedy and that song that song probably took like a year and a half to get down to what it was damn all right wow. that's, all right. that's my favorite off the record so i'm happy to oh really <laughs> yeah i love that song I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break your heart just to let you know it was a different song before so that's all good <laughs> but it, yeah i'm glad I'm glad you dig it yeah yeah um, so you mentioned that you actually had like other tracks that you just kind of put to the side. Are there any others that you just kind of didn't include on the album? And would you ever consider releasing them on like an EP or just dropping them singles on their own? Um, maybe. So I don't think we could drop singles right now because we have so many like collaborations lined up mm-hmm. okay. uh, that we're going to do. Um, like it's all kind of like this, this, this crazy rollout. So we wouldn't do that. Um, there is probably like two albums worth of songs that aren't huh? used. <laughs> wow. Okay. And it's like, and it's like it's, there's songs. Um, even from when before I joined the band, 
there's like these crazy like pop like straight up pop punk songs like no production no hip-hopness like no none of like the point north stuff that you think of like it's 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 more like a light in the dark place like our ep mm-hmm. um it's more that style and then there's more of like the retrograde style there's probably like two albums worth of songs that are never going to see the light of day that it's just no. that we just like li- can listen to on our own and like no one that has them or anything <laughs> yeah. i don't even think like our man i don't even think our management like has like the the, the songs it's just literally us like we can just like oh haha ha, like no one's ever gonna hear these so it's like our little secret yeah okay. right. wait so they don't have any production in them they're just kind of like just baseline uh um i would say about like 11 of the songs are just like punk songs and then okay. there's a whole like other albums worth of stuff that like has production on them and like it's like you could put those on retrograde and um they would just hit the album they just didn't make it okay, okay. Right. wow wow yeah um so crazy you, right yeah. very yeah uh so you have a couple of collabs on this record with Dwayne and um, Kellen Quinn. Can you tell me how those happened? Um, so those both kind of happened in the same way. Uh, so I'll start with Kellen. So with Kellen, um, John had helped out um, engineer Sleeping With Sirens' last record, Hot uh, Feels To Be Lost. Okay. Um, he was like an engineer and he would assist on some production of the record and he was in the studio and John was just playing Point North songs, and Kellen was like, what is this? And John was like, oh, this is my man. Like, like, and, and Kellen was like, I, I fucking love this. Like, can we work together one day? And then um, we had gotten the offer for the Sleeping Tour, and we were kind of like, what if we did a song um, with Kellen? And uh, we put it out right before... Uh, we put it out right before the tour, and he came out and did the song on tour. And it, it literally just lined up perfectly. But I think that was as simple as like, Ellen was in uh, Ellen. Kellen was in L.A. Um, to do emo night, and John literally texted him, and he just came over and did his verse, and then that was the song. That's and so then cool. uh, wow. Brandy, Brandy, Brandy Vision um, with Dwayne came about because John and Dwayne were hanging out one day. This is all because like we're all everyone like people don't realize like we're, everyone's just friends. Like yeah. these are people that we would see regularly, you know, yeah. and. Um, John was hanging out with Dwayne. I think they were doing some music stuff. And um, we, John was just like playing some shit he had wrote. And Dwayne was like, whoa, like, this is sick. Like, we should do something one day. And then when it came time to Brandon Vision, we wanted like a rap feature. And there was, and, and this is like, like little inside stuff. We knew he was, uh, Dwayne was going to be signed to Hopeless. So mm-hmm. Hopeless really liked the idea. And they were like, his first release could be like a collaboration with Point Norris for the album release to be good press, you know, and uh, it all just lined up like it really did. And that's kind of how that happened too. It was literally like everyone was just hanging out and then Kellen and Dwayne were like, I, I love your band. Like, let's do something, you know? And then that's kind of how it happened. Okay, wow. That's awesome. It's oh, awesome. And yeah. Talking about that title track a little bit more, what made you guys like have a feature on that track specifically because i haven't seen many bands like have a title track and then have a feature on it as well and then also to open up with that feature it honestly and it sounds so strange Mm. i think it was just the vibe like it was just like the vibe was like we everyone everyone we showed that song was like this is so sick we love this and we didn't think twice about it we were like yeah why not put it as like the first song why not have it be the title track like it's so like you just said like bands don't really do that so we were like okay now we gotta do that like yeah. it's like yeah. it, it's such a vibe and it, i think that's that's 
sounds really cheesy and kind of dumb, but it really just like felt so natural. We didn't think twice about it. We were just kind of like, cool. Like, let's, uh, let's just like, yeah, let's do the feature. Let's put it out. Like, didn't think twice. The label loved it. Dwayne's, Dwayne's whole team loved it. And it just like all fell into place so easily. Yeah, I, just, wow. I thought it was very interesting and very different that you guys opened up the record with those two features like back to back. So yeah, it's I crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it was just funny because like now you say that now I'm thinking about it, but like <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking twice. But like no, it's cool. Like yeah. it just worked out. Yeah, we just, it, it just felt right. So yeah. Yeah, it sounded good, so it worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as long as it sounds good, people dig it. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through the album? I think more a sense of unity and a sense mm-hmm. of completion within themselves because we wrote this record to so people can realize, like, look, there's a lot of problems in the world. And kind of tying back to the Drax character, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world. Clearly now, we didn't know this, but, like, as we're writing it, but, like, clearly now more than ever. Um, and we just want people to realize that you're not alone and no matter there's a lot of problems out there in the world, but like there's always going to be people that are here to listen to you and, and help get along along the way and help you um, just really kind of like, how do I say it? Like be there, just be there for you. And that's why I want people to, to feel and feel like their voice does matter because it does matter and that they're not alone and they can, they can just, it's hard to explain without I want to say this right but yeah just I just want people to feel like they're not alone and they have a voice and that their voice matters more than anything in the entire world and I just wish people realized that they deserve no matter like as long as you're here and you're breathing and you're and you're alive like you matter and like if you wake up every day you're still here for yeah wow okay That's kind of that's what I want people to realize, and I I, I always tell people that like, like your voice is just just as important as the next person, even if you don't feel that way. It kind of ties into like it's like a brand new vision. It's a breath of fresh air, and like, like with the like with the Drax character, it's like this this like he's going through it too, you know. So you even if like you can only confine to him, like he's going through it too with you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so since live shows can't be played right now, how else do you guys plan on connecting with the fans? I know you guys did the live stream. You're doing the listening party tonight through the record. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, um, that live stream concert was fun. I think we definitely do that again. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Like, just like doing the listening party and then doing more like just like zoom call stuff and more live show events and just stuff like that. And going live on Instagram and doing more like cool release videos. We've been doing a lot of like, like um, live stream stuff with like Adobe radio and uh, doing takeovers for like the noise and just like cool stuff, you know, and yeah. it is really hard. So we're just, people don't realize like every day there's always like a bunch of stuff we have to do. And like, it's a, it's like a business for us, you know, which is the absolute blessing. And, um, and, uh, just, yeah, just little things like that, like listening parties, the live stream concert. Well, for, I, I, I percent think we'll do it again. Cause that was so much fun to do. And it just, it went, it went off so well. Like it was perfect. Sick. All right. All right. 
Um, so speaking of live music, kind of, uh, the last tour you guys went on was with Sleeping With Sirens. How did that yep. happen? And what was that experience like? That was, the experience was insane. Um, <laughs> all the bands on the tour were nothing but great. Uh, shout out to Belmont, shout out to Set It Off, shout out to Sleeping. Like, those guys were all like, that, like, to us, they were like the, the most, I have nothing but nice things to say about them from our personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I said, I can't, I can't speak for other people, but, um, I, that tour was just insane. It like, it was cool to like, watch us like our fans come out and like show like the tour package to see like what we bring to the table you know and then uh and then now it's like and then all the new fans that came from that and mind you at the same time into the dark was like on the radio mm-hmm. and we were doing the song with kellen live every night so it was just this it was i will say i can sum it up by saying it was the perfect tour to be the last tour we did before this happened you know um that came about because i think it tied back to uh, John doing the sleeping record and helping with that. We realized that, um, like, we just had established such a good connection. And then I remember we were on tour with Stan Atlantic, and we were at the Mall of America. I'll never forget it. It was the day before we announced we were signed to Hopeless, mm-hmm. and it was like we were celebrating the Hopeless signing, like because Heartbeat was going to drop the next day with the video, and it was this crazy thing. And then um, we got a. Uh, offer from our agent daniel who was like yeah you just guys got the offer for the sleeping tour in january february and i remember we all were like jumping around and crazy and we're like this is so cool we're freaking out you know and then uh yeah and then even thinking back to like where the band was in october of last year to now we are here we are you know it's it's it's, it's everything has skyrocketed like so fast and it's just but it's like it's it's cool man Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. That's how the offer happened. We just all like, That's screaming, so cool. and, like jumping around, like at the Mall of America. We're all like, oh, like us on Cloud Nine, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. but the tour was the tour was insane. That was awesome. Shout out to like I said, shout out to Kellen and All Sleeping and like Set Off and Belmont Boys and like those guys. Those guys, like I said, to us as Point North, those guys were great to us. They were nothing but you know gems and uh it's funny because i've known the set it off guys like in passing for a while like we live like down the street from each other mm. and oh, wow. <laughs> i would always see like i always would see cody at the gym you know or like max like as a drummer like we lived in that drum world and then uh so the tour with them set it off i was like this has been a long time coming you know yeah, so <laughs> yeah. um funny that you say it was like the perfect tour to end tours because that the new jersey show was one of my favorite shows from 2020 with the few i got to go to so I very much was enjoyed that, that. Starland Ballroom. Yeah, that show was awesome. I was, that was like that was such a good show. Yeah, that was that was sick. Yeah, the East yeah. Coast, the East Coast is point our best market like ever. Anytime we go there, like the shows, it feels like headlining shows. Like mm-hmm. when we play there, it's it's insane. Well, maybe um, uh, post COVID, you guys will be headlining those venues. You never know. Mm-hmm. Well, we so we had. I, uh, I'll say it. We had a whole headline tour set out, like oh. for this fall, that we were gonna do, and then it just didn't happen. Um, and then now it's because we're so like we don't know what's gonna. We just don't know, especially like even in the states. You know, we'll probably tour like the UK before we do the states again. You know. Mm. Well, but, I, kind, uh, I kind of figured that you or the headlining tour was coming because you guys were tweeting like, "Who should we bring out on a headliner?" I remember that. It tweet. was crazy. We had we had like a good a, cu- a cu- We had like 
it was a four band tour. We had like two of the guys lined up opening acts that we like were good to go. And then we were just trying to get a third one. By the time third one, we were getting around to like a direct support band. Mm-hmm. Um, it fell off and we were like, okay, like at least we didn't, you know, like, um, and then another band was like locked in and we could you know, you start, start sending the budgets out and like, prepping for it so yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was crazy we had a, we had a whole year of touring plan we had a massive summer tour that we were going to do too like massive and then because we we're going to do the grayscale made it parade tour yep. which was going to be mm-hmm. insane and then do a massive summer tour and then do a fall like headliner and then probably go to oh. the uk and like the winter but it's just now you know now it's about that so yeah yeah Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, it's all good. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, live shows, what are your top three songs you're looking forward to playing live off of this album? You said top three songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to playing live off the album. Um, no one's listening. Definitely. Brand new vision. I I, I guess I'm gonna take out like heartbeat and, and into the dark because I've played those songs a million times live already. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Um, so, probably Brand New Vision, No One's Listening, and Lethal. Lethal is such a song that, like, it's such a little hidden gem of the record. People love that shit, which is crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, probably those three. And we've already played Brand New Vision, like, on the live concert, but, uh, like, when it's a crowd and people are in your face and going off and singing along, it's a, it's a whole different vibe. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, where do you see the band in the next five years? Oh man, I don't even know. <laughs> I think it's been. Uh, we will definitely have a second record out. Probably working on a third record. Um, just doing crazy shows. It's it's, and I hate saying it because like it sounds really weird, but seeing where Point North has gone from retrograde to the to the, our first album, like, and the growth that's already happened. You know, I think we're at like seven hundred thousand monthly listeners, and like this crazy like. I think it's going to, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just hope that uh, people still love us and I hope that people like, <laughs> I hope people still dig it. And I hope that um, we still have good heads on our shoulders and, you know, our, and our missions and our values stay the same. I think that's, I hope that's where we see us, you know, and, um, and uh, playing some cool shows, traveling the world, eating good food, having good company, you know, yeah. being <laughs> great people. I think it's, it's all about, that you know as long as we get to do that in five years like that's what matters yeah. we've already like that's like that's like success to us. yeah wow wholesome um so i want to ask you've been posting drum covers on social media since quarantine hit what gave you the idea to do that um it, literally like i had so i had like this little drum studio at my school um and it really like I don't know how to say it like yeah it was this it was this little studio that I had and when COVID hit I like lost it because you couldn't use the school and then now uh, but now like I don't know how how do I say it I like ran into spot I, I don't know it, it kind of made me realize like people don't have live music but people want to see people play music mm-hmm. so I started posting the covers and they did really well and I was kind of like. When I first started to now, they've gotten so much better, like with the quality and the sound quality and the video work and uh, 
it, it was almost like it gave me something to do to showcase like my abilities and make people happy. And I know people who lo- like love them a lot and like look forward to them. So I'm like, now it's like, it's not an obligation, but I feel like, yeah, like I, I think I'm doing something right. Like I, I, I want to keep doing this to kind of make people dig them and be happy with them. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Uh, so for the last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to cool. death row. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, this is great. Uh, Thanks. I never thought about this, so you're putting me in the hot seat. Um, last meal, like we said, with a drink? Mm-hmm. With a drink, yes. Root beer float as the drink. Solid. 100%. And then meal? Ooh. I want... I guess it doesn't matter, because I'd be like, I want to eat something healthy, but it doesn't, I'm going to fucking die anyway. Exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I would say, and I'm sorry to my vegans and vegetarians out there, a 16-piece of like, crispy KFC mm-hmm. with, like, mashed potatoes, like a root beer float, it's cheese curds, a lot mm-hmm. of cheese curds. Um, that would be it. A 16-piece of KFC, cheese curds, a root beer float. Yeah. Okay. That sounds amazing. No. Oh my God. Is that, is that, I think that will just kill me alone. Let, <laughs> just saying it. Then, yeah. Yeah, just saying I'm like, oh, my heart is stopping just thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God. So if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Well, you said one place in the world? Fictional world. Fictional world. Yeah. Oh, Narnia. Okay. Taste, yeah. Narnia, yeah. I want to have that. Like, what's that food that they mm-hmm. eat? The the little things, right? That yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I want, yeah, yeah. I want that. That that I would just do that just for that. That sounds so nice. <laughs> Honestly, same. Like, I've always wanted to try them because they made it look yeah. so good in the movie, and they made it sound so good in the audiobook. So I was like, okay, so I want one. But then every yeah. time I see them, they're like super overpriced. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna get that. Um, you anyway. need like the movie version. Like, I need exactly. like I need. I need, like, the, the, the one that was on set, like, yeah. Exactly. I need to also be on the chariot as well, eating it there. Like, that's the only way I can eat it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Narnia, Narnia is my, my, my answer, yeah. Good choice, good choice. Um, so, yeah. I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person we've spoken to have said it's the most important question. What's your favorite color? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh... I have, I guess I have three, but okay. if I had to choose one, I would, so I only wear like black, white, and gold. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say gold is my favorite color. Gold's a nice color. Like, I have like a gold watch, and I have this little necklace, and mm-hmm. uh, so I'm wearing black pants, converse, and a white shirt. Like, so it's like kind of all ties into it. I would say gold. Cool. Yeah. But if I had to choose another color besides those three, red. I love red. red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I had to step out and like choose like a primary color or something like red, that's like, yeah. Okay. All right, solid. Um, <laughs> so as Gary said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything you'd like to plug? What's up? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, honestly, just like I don't. I stream brand division. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, our team. Um, shout out to. You know, K Management, Peter Hill, and Daniel McCartney, and our crew, and Shots and Niles, and Justine and Andrew, and John and Andy, most importantly, my brothers and Bernard. And, uh, but most importantly to all of everyone, I just want to tell everyone listening and watching this that, like, 
you please take care of yourself, man. For real. Like, please take care of yourself and, and take care of your mind and take care of your body because at the end of the day, the only person you're stuck with your entire life is yourself. And so you need to really take care of yourself. And um, if something's not right, it's not right. And just, I don't know, keep a lookout for yourself. That's why if anyone, if, even if like no, everyone watched this whole entire thing and didn't take anything from it, take this. Please be kind to yourself and take care of yourself because that's really fucking important. It really is. That's so wholesome. Great yeah. way to end it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you for sitting out with us. This has been Sage from Point North and We're the Good Noise Podcast. Yeah.